Hello and welcome. This is the Techpedition Podcast for the weekend of April 15th. Happy Easter, um, if you're the religious type. If not, happy egg hunting. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, episode 12, I probably said that already. I got my brother Clarence here. How's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. Going good. Um, enjoying the weekend as usual, per usual. But uh, yeah, just ready to do some podcasting, man. How about you? You doing good? Oh yeah, doing great, doing great. Um, it's been a pretty chill weekend. Haven't really done a whole lot. John Mayer played in Kansas City yesterday, and I really wanted to go, but oh man, you missed it. Didn't didn't work out. So I'll catch him next time. I have seen him play live before, so it's not like it wasn't like like you know I'd never seen him. But yeah, he played in Birmingham a couple years back, like when he recovered from his throat <laughs> problems. Like he, he had something wrong with his vocal cords where he couldn't even talk. So he had to have some kind of surgery or something. He had like a cyst on his vocal cords. Oh wow. That's pretty crazy. And he had to like, yeah, they had, he had to have surgery and he couldn't like talk or anything for like months. So, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> that's off topic. But yeah, so, um, we're here to talk about tech, technology and stuff. Yeah, and so well, go ahead. Well, sorry. you know, I, I may have lost my breath looking at some of these trailers that came out this past week because oh, they were freaking awesome. Dude, okay, let's just jump into it. So, th- so Thor, right? Like, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, yeah. man. Like, this is what the third Thor, Thor movie it is. Is it the third one? It's the third like, one. I'm, I don't even think I've seen the second one. I probably need to go back and see it. <laughs> but just watching the trailer for this makes like I'm so pumped for this movie because it just like it just feels like it's sliding into the Infinity War yeah. or whatever they're calling it. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, even if it didn't have anything to do with Infinity War, I just like the presentation. And I mean, honestly, I didn't watch the second Thor movie either. Although, <laughs> although I think it does have some pretty big Im- implications on the Infinity Stones, but I didn't watch it either. I only, I didn't really enjoy the first one at all, to be honest. Um, just had some cool cameos in it, but I thought it was just okay. But man, this trailer, uh, Ragnarok, which, Thanks to Kyle, uh, Ragnarok is kind of the, um, the, I won't say Greek mythology equivalent to the end of the world, Armageddon or whatever. So. North, Norse mythology. Yeah, Norse mythology. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what the movie is kind of about. And you see in the trailer that, um, Asgard is under attack by this character named Hela, uh, which (laughs) you can take that how you want to. And yeah, and he's kind of cast out, hair cut off, and thrown to the far reaches of somewhere. And I'm excited about this movie, man. And plus, it really had that that Guardians feel to it, man. They really yeah. did a great do- job on the trailer. Well, yeah, three things. The one thing you just mentioned is that it's just got that vibe, that intergalactic vibe to it. That oh, yeah. To me, the first the first Thor movie didn't really have like. As far as the first Thor movie, like, I, I still, like, my, my biggest hang up about that was Natalie Portman as astrophysicist, like, <laughs> hey, like, I just, no hate I on just, Portman, I, man. I, I love her. <laughs> I like, I like her too. I mean, she's great in everything except Star Wars, but like, not her fault. George Lucas wrote that. Yeah. Oh, it's George oh, Lucas oh, fault. oh. Uh, I like hate, I like yeah. hating Christian in anything but Star Wars yeah. movies. So just, just an aside to that, um, I was listening to this podcast called uh, Rebel Force Radio. They pretty much talk about everything Star Wars. <laughs> and they like mm-hmm. played an interview of Alec Guinness, the original Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, <laughs> talking about when he first read the script. And he was like, huh, I've turned the page and I thought, hmm, 
the uh, dialogue is a little hokey, but I kept turning the page. So <laughs> that, that's why he did the movie because he couldn't stop reading it. But he he said himself the dialogue was hokey. And I thought that was like freaking hilarious. I like die laughing when I heard that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I, I like that whole thing was like really really cool to me. Um, the second thing I really liked, it seems like Idris Elba's gonna get a little action in this movie and not just be a gatekeeper. Yeah. They show him, fi- they show him fighting a little bit in the trailer, which I don't know what type of role he played in the second Thor movie. Maybe his role was more pronounced. I really need to go back and watch that movie. Um, but yeah, and the third thing was, um, the whole gladiator vibe. Man. Oh yeah. Like, I was like, it's like this, this is like a comic, it seemed like they're, trying to like make a comic book version to get gladiator yeah. which i'm i'm totally not opposed to at all but yeah. yeah yeah i've i've never been pumped for a thor movie before but i'm really looking forward to this yeah you would have thought i would have thought of gladiator 2 at first but actually i thought of game of thrones because of uh <laughs> they had a few uh gladiator type scenes in uh some of their later are you, seasons are you not entertained <laughs> oh yeah but yeah but yeah, so yeah, and let's talk about the whole playing to the, the, you know, at the end of the trailer, we get a cameo of sorts from another Avenger, which like I was not expecting at all. Um, you know, Hulk busts out of the other side of the arena and it's like, yeah, we work, <laughs> it's like we work together. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, was man. Hilarious. Just bring the comedy. I mean, that's what's so great about Marvel. I mean, their movies can be serious. They can be action oriented but they, they always always especially like the avenger movies they have a lot of comedy in their movies and man yeah. that, that I, i'm down I, i've i've already bought my ticket to, I'll take my money <laughs> i feel like this is like to me great things just don't take yourself too seriously like yeah. the reason the reason like i'm even bringing this up and like i don't i hate to bring up john mayer again but he released a video for his song from his new album that dropped on the 14th, which was this past Friday, um, the search for everything. There's a song called still feel like your man. And he does this video and it's got like a lot of kill bill esque shots in it. But like, there's a part in the video where he's like dancing with two pandas behind him. Oh God. Like two people in panda suits. And it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> it's just like, that's all, that's the only reason I enjoy the, movie, the videos. Cause he's like totally not taking himself serious at all. And he's just kind of having fun with it. And I think he actually dabs at one point. Oh, in the video. It's just, it's it's a li- like watch it. It's he's been drinking but, the meme juice. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I like it when when properties or whatever people just you know have some fun with it. You know, it's not like Schindler's List. You know, just have some fun. Yeah, man. And just like another aside, like there's a friend of mine. He has a K-pop app. It's uh called My Fave K-pop on iOS. And like I'm trying to work on the Android port of that for him. And I've just been watching a bunch of K-pop videos and <laughs> dude, it's like we've lost so much from the late nineties until now. Cause their videos over there capture all that nineties goodness of just dancing and having fun and being silly in their videos. And I don't know. I guess that's kind of what this reminds me of. It's just let's have fun. Don't be so serious. It's yeah, entertainment. Movies are supposed to, yeah. Movies are supposed to be fun, you know? Like even there's even some parts in in your name while well, kind of hint around that, that even that movie is as dramatic as it is it doesn't take itself too seriously. <laughs> well, on from that to something else that is seems from the trailer anyway to be very rooted in the lore and seriousness of that lore is 
this Battlefront 2, which we kind of talked about the name last week of it being called Battlefront 2 and there's already a Battlefront 2. But anyway, um, yeah, this trailer, man, where we see, uh, a rebel, not rebel, imperial, imperial soldier, um, weaving in between some of the storylines of stuff that we've seen already, just kind of a different point of view. And what seems to be a nice single player story, at least from these cutscenes, I can't be more excited to play this game if it does have a solid single player uh story with it. But it just looks exciting from the trailer. Yeah, so just to kind of give a little backstory, if you haven't seen the trailer, number one, go watch it. And number two, uh so this character, I believe her name is Cole Colar Kolar Lud. Um, her nickname is the, the populator. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, she's a part of the Imperial Special Forces. And, um, the really cool thing I like about this trailer is that, like, she is fighting on the ground, which I'm assuming this is the, um, what planet was it where they fought in- with the indoor? Ewoks? Is it in- indoor. Yeah. So, like, she's on the ground fighting on indoor. With with some stormtroopers or whatever, and her special forces, and they look up in the sky, and the second Death Star explodes, yeah. I was like, "Holy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, was that like, was awesome! Holy crap, that was awesome!" Yeah, it's like I never thought about like what what you know what is what you know I never thought about things from the other side. Like you know, wow, that must have been pretty deflating, um, to you know your supreme leader and everybody <laughs> else just. Yeah, die. yeah, yeah. And the funny, the funny thing about that movie though is like the 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 destruction of the second Death Star was kind of an afterthought after the whole Luke, yeah, fight. That's the Luke, uh, Darth, uh, Emperor fight. Yeah. So it was just interesting to see them kind of taking another strong. I guess she would be a protagonist because you're seeing things from the Imperial side. A, another strong female protagonist in a Star Wars property. We have what three now. Oh Which yeah, pretty awesome. yeah. It seemed like they were definitely going for that Jen Urso vibe in this. Uh, that's what I kind of felt. Yeah, it definitely. So, um, that was that was really cool. And then you saw him jump around. Like I think at one point I saw Padme running around in the trailer. And um, yeah, of course they. Yeah, it's like they jump around. Like there was Darth Maul and there was Kylo, and yeah, I, I think that's really really cool. That they're actually tying the games into like the, you know, the official lore where I felt like they didn't really do that with the second battlefront. Well, shoot with, with the first, the third battlefront. <laughs> I'm so confused. But anyway, like, yeah, it was just a multiplayer game. So there really wasn't a story at all, but it seems like they're going to be more story driven this time, which is always welcome in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hopefully it's done well. Uh, that's my only, uh, really worry about it. But as far as the graphical assets and stuff they're yeah. using, it is freaking beautiful, man. And yeah, it's pretty. And you know, I, I like to see dark Maul long. I like to see other people in the star Wars lore through history. You know, they can stay away mm-hmm. from the pie racing, but other than that, I, Hey, mind it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Let's see what else what we got next. Yeah, off from one Star Wars trailer to another. Ha! How could I forget? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there's been like a huge Star Wars kick lately with the whole celebration, and there was this panel that had like 
Speaking of Hayden Christensen, he was on the panel. Well, was he really? Like, <laughs> yeah, he was on the panel. It was like a what was it? Is it's the fortieth anniversary. 40, yeah, yeah, fortieth anniversary. He was on the panel. They had Mark Hamill. Um, I can't remember. They the big players were all there. At least the ones that are alive were all there. Can I say something? And, um, I, I I got a bit. Of go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, whenever I hear Mark Hamill talk. And this is just me, but I know it's bad. <laughs> all I hear is a joker, man. <laughs> yeah. And I know he's Luke Skywalker, but all I hear is the joker. And I hate myself for oh, it. Dude, dude, like not to go political here, but he like, have you like, do you follow him on Twitter? Well, I heard, I listened to like the first couple of tweets he did, like, uh, mocking yeah. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was reading Donald Trump's tweets in the voice of the joker. It's, if you haven't heard that, it's so funny. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies and those who have fought me and lost so badly. <laughs> they just don't know what to do. <laughs> Love. But yeah, please continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, I mean, I, I, of course, I, I hear that voice. But I mean, that aside, man, I'm really really excited to see where this Luke lands in this movie. Um, the trailer, though it's very beautifully shot and very scenic, it ends on a kind of dark note, man. I was really shocked and had to kind of watch it a s- several times just to make sure that's what they said. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Basic. Yeah. Um, I kind of have a feeling about where this is going to go, but I, like, I don't know how like geeky you want me to get. Uh, but I, I kind of have a feeling about how the movie's going to play out just from my conspiracy so, theory, so, mine. Yeah, so let's just say what was said. He said the Jedi should be no more or the Jet, something to that effect that the Jedi are bad like, or something. I know one, I, he's like, I know one truth. Uh, the Jedi should, yeah, something about the Jedi being no more, the Jedi should end or something. Yeah, and that's that's very a very the Jedi should be no more. That's yeah. what he says. That's just a really hard statement coming from Luke Skywalker, and I really don't know how to take it after that trailer. Instead of being excited and uplifted for the movie, I just felt more confused than I've ever been probably since since you know they rebooted things, and it's just really really weird. So tell me, what do you know about this? Okay, so like I have a feeling that <laughs> I have a feeling that that Luke's talking about going gray. Um and if you don't you know, I mean if you think about it, gray Luke's is kind neutral? of all, Yeah, Nukes yeah, pretty much. So basically you have the Sith who are like one hundred percent dark, which they're not Jedi, but they're hundred percent dark force users, and you have the Jedi who are like the 100% light um users and I want to make sure I get this right. So basically there was a planet I think is a planet Bogon. Uh, I want to make sure I get this right. Okay, Bogon was one of the two moons on planet Titan. So basically originally there was this jet, jet Jedi order which is basically um 
which I guess was the original order of force users. And this is kind of going into extended unit universe. Um, this is, is this canon territory universe or just, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of canon. They've kind of, they've been mining, they've been mining stuff from the stuff they, the things they said weren't canon for the, for a while now. Yeah. They've kind of canonized it from the Star Wars Rebels because they talk about the moons, Ashland Bogan. Basically, there was this Jedi order in like the old, old, old school Star Wars. And um, pretty much this is where the Jedi order lives on the planet Tython. And if you if you strayed too far from these were these were force neutrals, so not too light, not too dark. True balance. You know, you hear you hear people talk about the force being balanced, and like this is my biggest problem with Star Wars in general is that you know in in the prequels the force isn't balanced. There's like five hundred thousand Jedi, and there's like two Sith. That's not balanced. It's not balanced. So actually, I feel like that, you know, Anakin actually fulfilled the prophecy and the Jedi order was just stupid because the only way the force could be balanced is if he killed off a bunch of those Jedi. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 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 to to play on that, which is the argument I always make. So the Jedi, um, they were there were two moons. Uh, uh, this is just this. It, so Ashla and Bogan and basically if you strayed too far from the center of the force, so if you strayed too far to the light, you would get sent to Ashla to balance yourself back out. And if you strayed too far to the darkness, you would be sent to Bogan to balance yourself back out. And, you know, once you became centered, you could come back to the, to the original planet. And basically what, what I'm feeling is that, you know, if you think about Luke, he was never really like a true Jedi in the sense of the word, you know, like I feel like he always used a mixture of the light and the dark. And, um, maybe the whole, what happened with the whole him trying to like support the light and become like a Jedi master and open his temple and all this other junk or not really junk, but I feel like based on what happened with Kylo, he realizes that the Jedi shouldn't be, should be no more. You should, you should pull from both sides of the force to truly become balanced. And I feel like that's like Ray is going to be his project as far as like training her to use both the light side and the dark side of the force, you know, to balance yourself out. Like another thing that's kind of not really, um, canon, I guess anymore, but Mace Windu was actually more of a gray Jedi. He, he would use like canonically, or I guess not really canonically legend in the legends, a lot of the lore about him, he would use both sides of the force. He wasn't just, you know, he wasn't like chaotic good, I guess would be the role playing game turn. He, he would pull from both sides of the force. And I feel like that's kind of where he's going with that. I don't think he means that there shouldn't be any more Jedi because there pretty much isn't any more Jedi at this point, except for him. Yeah. So, and yeah, I'm, I think the story of Kylo will have a lot to, 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 to um, actually tell us what went on with that. Cause I think maybe he could have tried to do the same thing with Kylo Ren, you know, and maybe it went wrong with him. So I, I, I think there's a lot to show there. And I think we're going to get a lot of backstory <laughs> of stuff that actually happened before the force awakens. It's going to uh, enlighten us on what's actually going on with, uh, with Luke. But man, it's, it's, it's a lot to actually, um, to get across in his next story. And it should be a lot of fun. I just can't wait to wait to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's, 
I, I really don't think, you know, I guess the only thing I feel like that might come out of this is they might kill Luke off. Um, I, I don't see him making it to the end of this trilogy, at least not, you know, in, in the mortal sense. He may become like a force or not a force ghost. He may become a ghost like Obi-Wan yeah. did or something. I just, I don't know if he's going to make it through all three of these movies. Yeah. He, and he probably won't, man. Um, also there's news came out of that. Excuse me. News came out that um, Carrie Fisher won't, in fact, be in the next movie. Although they said she would in episode nine. I'm sorry. Although oh, she won't. Yeah, they said she won't be in episode nine at all. So uh, I don't know if they're gonna just like write her away in the next credits for the next movie, or maybe she's gonna have an ending in this movie. Uh, I know at first they were saying that they didn't change anything, but I think that's wrong because I've heard stories now that they actually did change some stuff based on her passing. So, uh, I feel like the best way for them to handle that is to have her on a ship and then the ship blows up and then, you know, that's, yeah, that would be, that would be the easiest way to handle it. They may yeah. try to, like, I just hope they don't do some creepy Paul Walker thing where they have like her brother or her sister or daughter yeah. with her face or, that was just weird yeah but. but i can't be more excited man it's just uh we got, just got a taste in this trailer and man i just can't get in in that world can't wait to get in that world again of uh finn and poe and ray and and see them go on yeah. their adventures man i could i could watch those guys all day so yeah and that's the thing like like I, these are great characters that they've created and the only thing standing in the way from them truly getting being into the limelight is luke skywalker so yeah I mean, they, they've got to do something to move him to the side. You know, maybe he doesn't have to die, but th- like th- they need to move him to the side. As much as I like Luke, he should not be a big part of the movies going forward. If, you know, yeah, just because I don't know, I guess he could be uh, like the old. Yeah. Although we didn't, we didn't see him in the first movie, but a few seconds. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. In the whole movie. Well, I know me. I was watching the whole movie like, where's Luke? Where's yeah. Luke? Where's Luke? Where's it's, Luke? So. It's funny, though, because he made a comment at the celebration that he enjoyed The Force Awakens and the prequels so much because he wasn't in them. <laughs> so I thought it was really weird from a performance uh, perspective. You know, you always criticize what you're doing and you can see all your mistakes. So he said he he enjoyed those thoroughly because he was not in them. So that that's just awesome. Yeah. But yeah, looking forward to the movie, you know. Uh, hopefully we can, you know, do maybe get a couple people on and, you know, have like a super, super deep dive or have, uh, oh man, I can't remember his name. Oh, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Have Scott back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely have Scott on. Scott is the man. That was, a, that was a great podcast when we had him on. Oh yeah. You and him with y'all, uh, stars backstory. That's, that's fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Were there any more trailers? Did we miss anything? Um, oh, oh, well, this isn't really geeky, but uh-oh. dude, if I, I should have told you this before we started recording, you have to watch the trailer for the Assassin's Bodyguard, man. You have to. Like, I'm not saying you need to watch it right now, but oh Who's in it? my god, it's um, it's uh Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson. Oh, you were telling me about that. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, though. Dude, like, I'm I'm telling you, man, like, that movie is going to be hilarious. Huh. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like they even play off of the, like, the, oh, I'm sorry, it's not the Assassin's Bodyguard, it's called the Hitman's Bodyguard, but 
they play off of the whole like Whitney Houston, uh, Kevin Costner. Oh, like, it's not one of those type of movies, like, is it? It's a comedy. It's like, like a spoof it, movie but, or like a true comedy. It's not. It's not a spoof. It's a comedy. But what I'm saying is they have fun with it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna paste you the movie poster. Like they like full on like play off of in a fun funny way play off of like the Whitney Houston movie because like even in the trailer they play her and I will always love you what? <laughs> dude you just got the like, same kinda, fun <laughs> yeah exactly like you 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 got you've got to watch this trailer man I laughed the entire trailer like I kid you not I laughed the whole trailer oh so, man yeah I feel like it's, it's gonna be a hilarious movie and I'm really looking forward to that. So if you haven't seen that trailer, check it out. The Hitman's Bodyguard. Wow. Will do. Will do. <laughs> oh, man. So, man, want to talk about what we've been playing a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so was that last night? Um, yeah, that was the last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess off and on for what the past year and a half, me and Clarence and my nephew Jalen, we've been playing this game called The Crew. I mean, not so much because it's a great game, but because it's something that we can easily jump into and play multiplayer. Um, When it's working. (laughs) Yeah, when it works. And I feel like the whatever the the latest patch, we didn't have any problems. Well, we didn't have any problems yesterday. I'll rephrase that. But... It's so funny because, like, we have been playing through the missions on this game and just have been skipping all the cutscenes, like, have not been paying attention to the story at all. The graphics are pretty good on the game. Yeah, they are really good. It's a good-looking game. But um, me and my brother, we got to the end last night, and we actually finished the game. And what what were your thoughts? (laughs) Man, for the first time, I was actually interested in what the story was saying. Uh you know, you get peppered here and there a bit of the story that you kind of semi pay attention to, but you really just kind of skip to get to the next race. But, yeah. but but that being said, by the last five or four cutscenes, we we started paying attention, and it was it. Listen, it wasn't great, you know, Hollywood <laughs> writing or performances. But that being said, there was some stuff in there that was so serious about itself that it was really funny <laughs> yeah. and cheesy in a good way and it by the end of it those cutscenes and stuff start, started to really become something endearing <laughs> and, and really cool and really funny so yeah if, if, if you can make it to the end of the game by the end just watch the cutscenes you, you won't be disappointed <laughs> yeah so like there's this character in the game his name is Shiv and like he must have been written by like a 15 year old because he talks like a complete moron and like he annoyed me through like 80 well through the whole game but i just joked to my brother i was like man i hope this guy gets killed off and sure enough we haven't been paying attention to the story at all but basically this dude shiv killed the main character's older brother yeah shot him in the back and so the whole point of the game, which we didn't even know was, was him going after this dude. Yeah. <laughs> named Shiv. So like toward the end of the game, he's like, I'm, I'm going to kill him. He like actually stops and like drives like into the middle of the woods to get a gun to like kill the guy. And he's like, Oh, no, he, no, 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 no. Let's, let's tell him, no, this is major spoilers here. Let's tell him how the actual race started. 
Like, okay. Oh what, my what, god, this is a fast and so, furious. So, your joke, character, <laughs> uh, what's your char- our character's name? I don't even know his name. I believe his name is Alex. Yeah, Alex. Alex gets all hard, gets a gun, and walks into the bar with Shiv and all his homies, all of the fire teams. Who, look, who looks like Gordon Freeman, by yeah, the way? Exactly. They should like be Gordon sued. Freeman. Or like a, a, a Walter White with hair. Yeah. <laughs> This dude, this dude rolls up into the bar and, and, and confronts Shiv head on in, in front of all the five tens. And, you know, Shiv uh, holds him off and says, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Like, no, nah, I'm going to take you out. And like, before he makes a decision to eventually take him out, he says, no, let's do it like, let's do this like a five ten. Let's race for it. I'm like, what? Let's sell it. Let's sell it on the road. What? <laughs> you just don't count your brother. You finna take him out, but you want to race for it? Okay. Yeah, it was yeah, so great it though. Was like, we'll settle this on the road. It, oh, it just God. totally like it totally reminded me of the end of Tokyo J- Drift. Like oh, I was like, <laughs> like I guess we'll settle it on the road. Then he's like, I want to be the Drift King. Oh boy, yeah, but but yeah, it was so cheesy. It was great <laughs> though, and and it's like you have this ten fifteen minute race. And you beat him. I'm sorry. Spoiler. The stat- <laughs> this game is from 2014, so the statute of limitations have run out on spoilers. So you beat this guy in the race that lasts like 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, we're at the end. And um, the gameplay, the gameplay mode transitions in this game make no sense. Just let yeah. me say that. So because like you'll race. And then you'll drive to your new headquarters, and then they'll have you smashing a bunch of crates in the car, which makes no sense. But basically what happens is you, you beat this guy in the race, you park on the side of the road, and then he pulls up and he's like, you didn't think this was going to be this easy, did you? And then like, he's like, you're done, Shiv. And like, all the cops come up to catch him and he's like, you so, you ratted me out, you beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and then he like, then he like drives off. Okay. So instead of me getting back into my high powered, my, my high powered performance car, the character Alex gets out of the fast car and go gets into a pickup truck to chase him, yes. which makes no sense at all. But None. I mean, it's yeah. like so we're not done and let's. But the good thing is the road has a bunch of like curves in it, so you can just drive straight through everything in the truck, which can go like 130 miles an hour on grass, and you catch up to him and you run him over or whatever. Yeah, that's the end. Yeah, a surprisingly fun game, man. I can't say. Only thing I regret about it is the bad network code. But other than that, yeah. man, I, I, you know, I would tell anybody to go check it out because it's a fun game, especially with people jumping with people online. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, that I, I think that's the most redeeming part of the uh, the the game is that you know the story is crap, but it's entertaining at least and. Yeah. This is just a good game to jump on and play with friends. I mean, that it, it's great for that. And, I mean, you probably have it for free if you have Xbox Live. It's probably in your library already. So just go ahead and dust it off. Check it out. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. And then that mental, the monologue at the end of the game where he's like, I'm a street racer. <laughs> it's, only thing I've been good at my whole life. <laughs> yeah, dude, we need to find that script and do a redramatization of it. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> oh man. Oh. oh my god. Like it's just it's just <laughs> it's just so funny. I mean, but it's I don't know. There's like you said, there's something endearing yeah, about it. Yeah. 
But it's just, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I don't know. So, man, what other game you got on here we we talking about tonight? Uh, Well, I think that's the only game. Uh, I just, I, I'm going to post a video, review, unboxing, installation, whatever, of this uh, CPU cooler that I purchased. Um, so, basically, when I upgraded my computer... Did I send you my old? Did I send you my old heat sink and cooler? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I, no, I don't have no, it. I didn't. I sold it. I sold it. So I sold my old PC to upgrade to the Intel Core i five sixty six hundred K, and on my old PC, my Core i seven twenty six hundred K, I had a Hyper two twelve Evo, which is actually a decent cooler, but I don't know. I had a brain fart, and I bought like I sold when I sold my PC. I I sent that cooler with to the guy and then i bought like this cheap 15 dollar hyper t2 i think is what it is it's like a 15 dollar cooler but um it's cooler master hyper t2 i think is what it's called but anyway it's not a great cooler um i mean the fan is super super loud at load um and i wasn't getting very good temps i think i was getting like around 40 degrees idle and i was getting like um, like 70, 75 to 80 degrees load Celsius, which is all, which is, which is considering that it was running at stock voltages and, and clock speeds, like that's terrible. <laughs> and I mean, my biggest complaint though was that it was loud. So, um, I've been doing a lot of research on Noctua and, um, they make these god ugly fans that are like beige and red, but, the cool thing about it is when you see a Noctua fan in a case, you know it's a Noctua fan because of the color scheme. So it was actually a genius marketing move by them. Um, and their fans are super, super quiet and, you know, they make high quality stuff. So I finally bid it and, and ordered one. I think this, I bought an NH, uh, U12S, um, which is a 120 millimeter tower cooler and, um, Basically, uh, it came in the mail this morning, so I went ahead and installed it. What I did was I took some temps. Um, there's this program called Prime 95, which is for CPU stress testing. Um, so I ran some tests, uh, before I switched the cooler out. And like I said, I was getting like 45, 45 to 50, or I would say 35 to 40 degrees idle and like 75 to 80 degrees on load. Um, with my old cooler, I swapped it out and it went from 35 degrees idle to 25 degrees idle at the same oh, wow. stock speeds, which is, you know, 10 degrees Celsius. That's pretty good. But at load, it went from like 75 degrees Celsius on load to like 55 degrees Celsius on load, which is like a huge, huge, huge deal. That's like almost 20 degrees Celsius. Um, and the, the, the fan was completely silent. So at hundred percent load, the, like I couldn't hear the fan really at all. Um, so it was like a huge, huge improvement. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting these better temps. Let me try to overclock the CPU. So, um, I turned my vo- voltage up to like 1.35 volts on the CPU and I, and I just, just to see if it would even work. I, I bumped it up to 4.4 gigahertz, which is like, 900 megahertz like over stock and that's ridiculous dude it it ran it ran fine um so i was like let me see if i can get a little more and i bumped it up to to 4.5 gigahertz 
ran through my prime 95. Everything was peachy keen, hmm. ran fine. I just, I, I wasn't comfortable running it at 1.35 volts. So I turned it down to 1.3 and I was still able to get, um, decent, you know, I still was able to keep it at 4.5 gigahertz. Just running at that right now. Not seeing uh, a bunch of crashes is pretty stable at that point. Uh, it's not crashing at all. I ran Prime 95 for a while. I'll probably run it overnight tonight, but I mean, I played, I played Mass Effect earlier and it was just fine. I think the highest it got overclocked a gigahertz, the Jeez. highest temperature was, I think it got up to 72 degrees Celsius while I was playing Mass Effect with it overclocked a whole gigahertz over <laughs> clock speed. So I'm okay with that. Um, the at, at over overclocked, I think it the um temperatures they kind of idle at around forty five ish. I want to say, which isn't considering it's overclocked. I'm I'm okay with that. Is that added stress um, like w- putting in additional like wear and tear on the process, or is it pretty much uh, safe as long funny. as it doesn't pass a certain threshold? Um, I think as long as you stay under one point four volts, um, you should be all right. Uh, as long as you have sufficient cooling, uh, as long as you stay under that, you should be okay. Um, but you know, of course there's a chance you could fry your processor. <laughs> like right, right, right now I'm sitting at, I'm sitting at like 35 degrees Celsius idle, which is about what it was stock with the old cooler. Yeah. And it's overclocked. It's overclocked to gigahertz. Um, so that sounds pretty safe. But, yes. But, but what I was going to say is the reason, you know, these K processors, uh, Intel sells them and it's like they sell them because you know they're expecting you to overclock them Um, that's the whole reason the multiplier normally if you buy a CPU the multiplier is locked so you can't do this the only way to overclock it is to up the voltage or to up the, up the front side bus which voids the warranty and overclocking these processors does void the warranty but for I think for your processor it's like thirty five bucks, but for mine it was twenty five because it's an i five. You can purchase a overclocking warranty from Intel, which oh. I did purchase today. Huh. And you know if you do fry your processor, you just you have the warranty. It's twenty five thirty bucks. If you do fry it from overclocking, you just send it to them and they send you a new one. So that that's what the K processors. I'm not, I don't think you can do that with the other ones. But I mean that's that gave me a little more peace of mind. Before I even started filling with all this, I purchased that, and you know, even if I never use it, it's I, I'll 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 give Intel twenty five dollars to you know not be afraid of frying my processor. Yeah, because these things can cost what upwards of two to three hundred dollars or more. Yeah, so mine it retails for two hundred fifty bucks. I think I got it from Micro Center for like one ninety nine because their process they have the best processor prices on the planet. Um, but you know, even with that, that's 200 bucks, you know, don't want to just throw that down the drain. Yeah, so for sure. But yeah, the Noctua fans are awesome. They have some, um, their tower coolers are great. They have some like low profile coolers that I think are still quiet if you're not planning on overclocking anything, but you probably don't want to overclock anything on those. But yeah, the NHU12S, awesome CPU. Like I have a mini ITX, um, setup. So, I have like a small, small motherboard, and oh, that was the other thing with the other the other CPU cooler I had. Mm-hmm. I have high, I have high profile RAM that has heat sinks on it, and I actually had to like slide my fan up so I didn't, you know, so I could use both of my heat, both of my um, 
ram slots. But with this, it's it's engineered specifically to not intrude on those um, ram slots. So I have my ram installed. The the fan and everything is exactly where it's supposed to be, and I, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I, I highly recommend Noctua. I think um. Uh, the Hyper 212 Evo is also a great cooler. Um, if I would have had one of those, I think I'd have been golden. So, but you know, that, I I I think this was like this this cooler cost like sixty something bucks, and I, it was worth every penny. I I would I don't regret it at all. Highly recommend it. Yeah, man, it's funny. I got the sim. It's not the same brand, but my uh, cooler is actually vertical, like that one. And I thought it was the weirdest thing when I first saw it, but. Uh, yeah, I got the same, similar design, but I have a fan on both sides of mine. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Like to just to make the air throughput, uh, more, a little more efficiently. So the, the intake, old push pull configuration. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a bit overkill, but hey, I did it anyway. Oh, that's awesome, man. I, I, I'm thinking about actually getting another fan for this somewhere down the line, but for now, I'm kind of happy with where it is. So. Yeah. And you weren't lying about the colors of that, uh, of that fan. <laughs> It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, they, they it's an ugly, ugly fan. But yeah, I guess it's, it ends up becoming an acquired taste because, you know, like I said, when you see one of those fans, you know it's a Noctua fan, whereas all the other fans are like black or they have LEDs or whatever on them, like instantly recognizable, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, uh, you went to see a certain movie that you were raving about last week. Uh, oh, yeah. Your name. Yeah, it's a the latest from Makoto Shinkai. Um, I don't really have to, I don't want to go into like a whole huge introduction because I talked a whole lot about it last podcast. Yeah. But basically, this movie's about this uh, uh, kid in Tokyo, both high school kids. The boy lives in Tokyo, the girl lives in like rural, rural Japan, and like they basically. When they dream, they end up switching bodies for like a day or so, and then you know they wake up back in their own body. It happens randomly. Um, I don't want to get into a whole lot of the the plot specifics of this movie because, I mean, there are some kind of some twists and some turns in the plot that like you think it's just going to be like this this just cheeky like goofy little rom com movie, uh, and then it just kind of like turns on its head. And I don't I don't want to spoil it, but what I do want to say is. Um, this movie has like it. It'll tug at your heartstrings. Like there's some serious stuff in it, and um, like I it again, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. There's there's plenty of comedy throughout the whole thing. Uh, well, this is not going to be a very and, good and, thing, and, like I said. I, and did you watch? Was it dubbed or was it subtitled? Well, that's the thing. So, um, there are options. Basically, they dub the movie, and they also uh. You can watch the subtitle. I watch the subtitle, but one of the cool things is the band that um, recorded the music for the Japanese soundtrack. Their their name is it's a band called Rad Wimps, and um, I've, I'm a fan of theirs because like I've listened to some of their music before this came out, and um, I have a couple of their albums, and like it's funny because like throughout their albums, like it's ninety percent Japanese, and then they'll have just like this random song, that, and all the lyrics are in English. Huh. Um, if you if you want to hear one of their songs, one of the ones that I really like is called Bagpipe. Um, and like the riff, the guitar riff, it sounds like a bag, you know, it's kind of like a bagpipe <laughs> kind of, it's like, but anyway, it's a really cool song. The lyrics are hundred percent English 
And um, one of the cool things they did for this movie is if you watch the English dub version, the four main songs in the movie, they went back and they re-recorded them all in English. Oh, wow. So That's pretty cool. Th- you know, so that, you know, if you listen to the English dub, the, the music, the soundtrack is in English, which is a nice touch. Um, yeah, just, just something else. If you're looking to see this movie, uh, actually, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and look it up, it's sitting at a 98%, which is just kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great movie. And like I said, it's kind of hard for me to talk about it because like I said, I don't want to spoil some of the things that, that I really enjoyed about this movie were things that I wasn't anticipating going in. So I really don't want to talk too much about it. But if you like, I mean, even if you don't necessarily like anime, I feel like this is not just a great animated movie. You know, when you say this is a great animated movie, it's kind of qualifying a little bit, like saying it wouldn't be, you know, a regular mo- moviegoer may not enjoy this, but if you're in it, no, like, I feel like this is a movie that anybody could appreciate. Like, I even told Gwen that I want to take her to see it because I feel like she, my wife, I feel like she would enjoy yeah. it. You know, if we, we go watch the English version. Like, I feel like she would really, really enjoy it. And probably, it'd probably have her crying. Yeah, see, like, it's, and, and I mean, and that's very encouraging because kind of the vibe I get when a movie like this comes over here, like Dragon Ball Z or whatever. Uh, it's a kind of a preaching to the choir situation because it's like in select theaters and you have to really be seeking it out to go see it. So chances are you're probably already a fan before you even go. So we see these ratings on, uh, things like Rotten Tomatoes and you're like, is that r- really a objective view or is it just like the people who are going to oh, like no. it anyway going to see it? No, like this, it's getting universal acclaim and, um, it's, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of a way to explain, I mean, it's it's kind of a coming of age, you know, it has, like, elements of romantic comedy, it has elements of coming of age, it has elements of, um, you know, like, as he deals a lot with, like, like, uh, themes of, like, distance. Yeah. And, um, like, just, I, di- like, I don't know how to explain, like, maybe, like, romantic distance, where, where, like, you know, I don't know, kind of like a longing. It's just hard to explain, <laughs> but he does such a good job at it. Um, and you know, it's kind of a way to like this movie was kind of his way of processing the whole Japan earthquake thing that happened a couple of years back, you know, uh-huh. where it was like the, the, one of the biggest natural disasters in Japan in like the last thousand years. Um, so the earthquake tsunami thing, if you remember that. But, uh, it's just, it's an excellent movie. And I, like I said, I don't want to give it away because part, the parts of this movie that I truly enjoyed were thing, were parts that I had no idea that were going to happen. And it's like, I read some guy's review after I watched it and I, I put in the comments, I was like, dude, you just gave away like some <laughs> of the best parts of the yeah. movie. And like, that's what I don't want to do. But I will say it's, I mean, I, you will enjoy this movie if you if you like watching good movies that are not you know animated or not like you i i can't recommend this movie enough it it's excellent cool man i'll I'll check it out as soon as i can man it's not it's not in mississippi anywhere but as soon as i can i'll check it out like i actually want to go watch it again wow that's how much i enjoyed it (laughs) but yeah uh i guess that's that (laughs) My my non review, <laughs> still plenty of good stuff in that. So, really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. 
So, man, this might get a little propeller head a little bit. Uh, this next thing we're going to talk about, uh, I don't know how deep we want to go. <laughs> yeah. But we want to just, I guess we can talk in generalities about the, uh, the, the, uh, Project Scorpio from Microsoft or the next Xbox or whatever we're going to call it. It doesn't have a really uh, an official name. Um, so this has kind of been, been the big thing over the last couple of weeks. Um, was it Digital Foundry? Were yeah, granted Digital Foundry. access to go in and actually get a, a first-hand view of what was going on with this project, as well as seeing some software titles run on the hardware, uh, getting a full explanation of the Scorpio engine and the type of things they're doing to optimize this engine for uh, the games that they already have, as well as pushing newer games to uh, 4K and 60 frames a second. And so, yeah, so do you want to kind of just dive in it to uh, talk about it a little bit? Okay. Yeah, the first thing I will say, which is kind of like a non-endorsement for us, but it's just that Richard Ledbetter, the guy from Digital Foundry who actually went to Microsoft, he's posted a series of videos on his YouTube. So if you, you know, you got a couple minutes or you got, you know, an evening to spend, maybe not an evening, hour maybe mm-hmm. uh i would definitely go and watch the videos because he explains it a lot better than i could ever <laughs> hope to but basically um the scorpio is going to be without a doubt the most technologically advanced video game console that we've ever seen and like i don't think that's an understatement at all it's not just because of the six teraflops of computing power because i mean you know, in a vacuum, teraflops don't really mean a whole lot. Just to give you an example, uh, most of AMD's uh, GPUs from like the last couple years, they have had more teraflops than the NVIDIA GPUs. But it's the implementation of the NVIDIA technology that has, you know, enabled them to like surpass the AMD cards. Um, so that's just kind of give you a, 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 a hint as to where we're going with this. So basically, Microsoft has taken the entire DirectX 12, you know, API. That's just bananas, man. (laughs) They built it into a physical command processor on in the hardware of the Scorpio. And basically what that means is that you can pretty much... It, it pretty much limits the amount of traffic going from the CPU to the GPU. Like you can make pretty much any draw D- DirectX 12 draw call in a Scorpio from like 11 commands. Whereas on a PC that, you know, it could take thousands of commands yeah. or tens of thousands of commands coming from the yeah. CPU. So, I mean, that's, that's thing number one. So basically what that does is that takes a whole lot of stress off the CPU which, you know, can only be a good thing because we're still running. This is still basically, Scorpio's basically still running on the same processor as the Xbox One. Um, the clock speed's been raised yeah. a little bit. It's still a, it's still an eight core. I think it's a Jaguar. Yeah. It's eight in, core. In, um, increased frequency CPU. and lower latency. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was this a, is it Ryzen? I want to say. No, no, it's not Ryzen. Huh, um, I thought I heard him say that they, in the video. No, they, for them, I mean, the thing with Ryzen is, A, it would have increased the cost, and B, you know, Microsoft has been planning this for a couple of years now. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. I mean, it's been like three or, I want to say three or four years in the making, so, 
I mean, there's no way that they could have feasibly had Ryzen in this this GPU. Like I said, it's basically the same CPU that is in the same Jaguar CPU that is in the original Xbox. They just up the clock speed. Um, I think it's still eight cores, I believe. Yeah, still the same eight cores Jaguar CPU. Um, and basically what what they did was they raised the GPU computing units. So um, the original Xbox One has 12 compute units running at 853 megahertz. The Xbox One S has the same 12 computing units running at 914 megahertz. So the Scorpio has 40 of these compute units and they're running at 1.17 gigahertz. Jesus. So like much faster, much, much faster. Um, just for reference, the PS4 Pro has 36 compute units and these are all customized, but it's 36 compute units running at 911 megahertz. So, I mean, it's, it's more powerful on paper, but when you take into account the fact that it has that, that, command processor that that has dx12 on it basically um when you take that into account i mean it it just raises the actual performance to another level i mean just to give you a reference so my computer is i'm running the gtx 1080 uh with a 4.5 gigahertz quad core it's not a core but anyway um my computer is it's spec better than this. I mean, the, the, the Scorpio has more RAM. It has, well, no, it doesn't. My, my computer has, my computer has 16 gigabytes of onboard RAM and it has 8 gigabytes of GDDR5 on a video card. So it has way more RAM, way more powerful. But the thing is, the hardware and software optimizations here, you know, there, yeah. this system's already getting, uh, 60 frames a second at 4K and I don't think I could do that on any, Maybe I maybe I could do it on the um the Forza games, um yeah the the DX12 stuff, but that's not that's not common at all on PC. Sixty frames a second, 4K. That's that's you're talking you're talking like 1080 Ti territory there. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of amazing how they were able to. Um, I think I think the main thing here is pipelines and decrease in latency is the thing they've been able to do with the Ryzen engine yeah. system on the chip or whatever to to make everything just sing and faster than it would be otherwise. And yeah. I wanted to ask you, do you think it's I mean you just mentioned that it's probably better than some of the better spec PCs out there? Well I mean the thing like we gotta qualify this though. We're talking about highly optimized hardware yes. and highly optimized software. Like that's the difference. You know, a PC is a general you know, it's a general use system and it's also a general use gaming system. Um whereas when you create a game for PC, you know and it's kind of the argument we've always had with, with consoles and um and PC games is that, you know, with the console you're 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 coding for a specific yeah, yeah, true. Spec of hardware, and with a PC, you don't really get the luxury to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. If a game developer could take my system and specifically optimize their game for it, it would run way better than anything Scorpio could probably hope to do. But since that's not reality, the other thing we have to think about is that not only is the software optimized for the hardware, in this case, the hardware is optimized for the software because this is the first console where... The hardware developers actually got to look at game code 
look at the major engines that the ga- the Xbox One games are running on, and they develop this hardware around the software. So, like, that's the other yeah. thing that's unique about this 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 system is that is I think it's the first time that's ever been done as well. Because normally the console manufacturer puts out the specs and is like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, make games, and you know, I don't think it's ever been done from the other yeah. other way which around is, before. So very very interesting. They said the hardware simulators. Uh, allow for up to 60 customizations to the hardware based on that, which is just really crazy. If you think, yeah, just to reverse, yeah, to reverse engineer the software to build hardware that better suits that and customize around it is just something that's probably never been done in this way. Yeah. And the thing is like, even with PS4 pro, not all the games are running at 4k. Um, some of them, a lot of them are still upsampled, even on, um, what is the Horizon Zero Dawn? I think it runs at like 900, or maybe it runs at like 1440p. Um, so it, like even all the games on that are not running at 4K. And the cool thing about the Scorpio as well is that it's going to make all of the, which the PS4 Pro does this too. It's going to make all the old Xbox One games look great. Yeah. I think, so I, I mean, I think Richard from, uh, Digital Foundry said it's going to result in a 43% compute advantage, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have some games like um I think Forza Horizon 3 is a big a, a good example like if you play that on the Xbox it's Xbox one it's pretty choppy like it, it composed like compared to like running it on a PC it's pretty freaking choppy um just because it doesn't have the chops to like render it I don't even know if it runs it at 1080p but running on a Scorpio it should run smooth as butter as mm. Steve Jobs would say. So, uh, speaking of that, what were you saying about some V-Sync stuff earlier that they're putting into the spec? Oh, yeah. So, basically, um, the Digital Foundry also confirmed that it's going to be FreeSync compatible. Basically, what that means is you'll have adaptive sync. And the cool thing about adaptive sync is um, when, a, when you get frame rate drops on a console, or on a PC for that matter, um, you notice stutter, you notice tearing, like all these different symptoms of like frame rate changes. But um, with the adaptive sync technology, your monitor or your television, I'm assuming, because this is going to be built in, like, I think it's HDMI 2.1 spec. It has adaptive sync built in. And you'll pretty much be able to, you know, the refresh rate of the actual TV or monitor is linked to your video card. So you won't get, like, stutters or tears or any of that stuff. So, I mean, it can effectively make 50 frames a second feel like 60 frames a second hmm. i mean that's the, that's the takeaway there is that you know in most console games either shoot for 30 frames a second or 60 frames a second just because you know those are like compatible with the refresh rate of all the televisions and you know if you do 43 frames a second for for example on a on a television it's going to like crap because it's going to be stuttering and you're going to get duplicate frames just because the refresh rate of the tv doesn't match that so this is like a whole new ball game basically yeah, I, I had no idea they were doing V-Sync compatible uh, televisions. That's that's nuts. They're probably going to be super expensive. Yeah, they probably will be. <laughs> but the other, but, but well, I say that, but the thing is, is the, the actual adaptive sync is controlled by the GPU. So, I mean, a lot of monitors now, a lot of reasonable monitors come with FreeSync built in just because it doesn't really add to the cost because it's a it's a software it's a firmware implementation whereas the nvidia technology is, is actually a hardware implementation hmm. so you know i don't think it's going to be as expensive as some people may think you know 
I don't think it's, it shouldn't really add any cost to the, to the television, you know, unlike something like HDR, but you know, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, I want to run through a few questions I have for you or for us, I guess. Um, can I still play my Xbox one games? Yes. I think that's obvious. Uh, but it's, I'll go you one further there. Like Microsoft has a directive here that, you know, you cannot make Scorpio exclusive games. So anything that runs on Scorpio has to have a Xbox one compatible version. So there's no chance of there being any kind of like, um, what do we call it? Fragmentation. Yeah. So you, you answered my next question too was, uh, would there be Scorpio only uh, uh, games, which, yeah, that, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of feel like there would be a time frame where they say, um, you know, after three or four years, if they're still on the Scorpio, they would say, okay, anything older than X, X date won't run. I mean, I, well, I mean, I, I, I kind of like what Microsoft is doing here because like people are saying this is like a hardware refresh, but it kind of is, but it kind of isn't because if you think about DirectX 12 and Xbox anywhere and all this other stuff, it's kind of the direction Microsoft's going in. Like, it, you know, you can have a game that runs on your PC, runs on your Xbox One, and runs on your Scorpio, and you pay for it one time. Like that's yeah. that's just genius. Yeah. Like, and you know, there's always this big this big heap about backward compatibility when new consoles comes out. What if, like what if Microsoft never even has to worry about that anymore because you know everything's DX12 based. And, you know, they, you know, you don't, if, if it, if it can run in DX12 and the console supports DX12, just make sure that you have a scalable, yeah. uh, graphical setting or whatever to where it will actually run on a regular Xbox. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, that's how PC games have worked since the dawn of time. So it shouldn't be too out of, out of, uh, out of, uh, viability for them to build games that can scale well, um, since they're only really targeting two hardware platforms. But I mean, just the added work for the developer and, you know, whenever you have to have developers doing extra work, it kind of is not a good thing. Well, I mean, yes, but at the same time, if you think about it, you can think about it in another way that you, you're, you're, you're hitting multiple p- platforms and multiple SKUs with a minimal amount of work. Yeah. Um, that's true. You know, where, whereas I'll give you an example. Persona 5 just came out for PS5 and PS4. There was no, um, just scaling back settings to get that to run on the PS4. I mean, that's a completely different architecture because PS4 is x86 and I think, um, PS3 is like something else is the motion engine. I can't yeah. remember what they called it, but it's like completely different hardware. So they pretty much had to write the game twice. Whereas with something like this, you know, it's the same, same APIs and everything. They just have to dial in the settings that work on the Xbox one, as opposed to like completely rewriting the game, which I, I think that's a net plus instead of a net minus, at least in my opinion. I agree. I agree totally. And then we just addressed uh, the next question. Will games run faster? Obviously with that, uh, direct X 12 being onboard hardware, uh, almost instant, uh, <laughs> uh, better running games for the most part. Uh, again, we just talked about it, but hopefully the game makers will upgrade their games with uh better textures and things like that uh once it oh, comes yes, out. Oh yes. So uh, Yes, I, I guess that if there was a drawback like that would probably be the only one is that hopefully, you know, instead of you know cuz 
But like that's the only thing that I'm unsure about how they're going to handle because are they going to ship the game with 4K textures and just compress them for the Xbox One or are they going to have to ship games with like two sets of assets or if it's a digital game will you just download the assets that are specific to your platform like that's I got I've got some questions there about how they're going to handle distribution because I know they're not going to put all that on the disc maybe they'll only put the Xbox One stuff on the disc and you download the I don't know. Yeah. That's what so, I'm confused so, about. So do we know it's going to have a disc player? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a Ultra HD 4K Blu-ray. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, unlike the PS4 Pro, <laughs> which is still running regular Blu-rays, yeah. which I'm completely dumbfounded by. I don't get it yeah. at all, but whatever. And I guess the only other real questions I have here is uh, they didn't really talk about the Connect any. But they did mention that this thing is suited for VR. So do we know? Yeah, the if- Connect Connect is dead, and VR killed it. <laughs> so do we know their plans? They're just going to adopt Oculus or Vive, or are they going to actually well, do their own thing? I heard some rumors that they were actually developing a headset with. I can't remember. Uh, I read it in passing, but the, I, I I read somewhere that they're actually developing a headset for for the Scorpio. Um, but I can't remember what manufacturer they're working with. But yeah, there there will definitely. I mean, I will be shocked if there's not a VR headset for the Scorpio. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, yeah, I said yeah. I said that was that was last, but I have just one more. I guess is maybe the biggest question of all: <laughs> How much will we be paying for this? <laughs> <sighs> well, predictions. I know Polygon Polygon said maybe for three ninety nine. Um, I think that's lowballing it. I don't, I don't, I don't though. I don't think that's lowballing it. I mean, we're talking about really specialized hardware here, but if you look at, at the actual components, it's running the same CPU as the old Xbox One. It's just overclocked, basically. You know, the command processor's new. Um, but what, what is the Xbox One S running at right now? It's, um, around 250. 250. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I would be surprised if this console is five hundred dollars. Like I'm looking at it to come in around three fifty for I mean they've gotta be they've gotta be competitive with the PS4 Pro. Like that's the whole point of this. And they've gotta come in aggressive because Sony is just killing them in sales yeah. even now. Oh yeah. So I mean, hopefully they realize that I don't think it'll be any cheaper than than what, four fifty? Three fifty four fifty? I don't think of any I don't know what I just said. But yeah. Three ninety nine to five hundred dollars, I think, is the sweet spot there. Yeah, three fifty. If they really want to kick it to Sony, they would they would bring it in at three forty nine. But I think that's aggressive because what the the um the switch is three hundred bucks. So yeah, I think four hundred dollars is probably the right price for it. Yeah, three ninety nine, four ninety nine is kind of pushing it in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say four ninety nine. That's just kind of where I feel is going to come out at after all this, you know. Ever the realist. Yeah, I mean, of all this gloating and, you know, well, not really gloating, but, you know, this is going to be the best console ever, the fastest console and honestly, ever. And I just feel like it's going to be priced at a premium price. And 
And and honestly, this is this is something for the hardest of hardcore. And you're getting 4K 60 frames. Like if they if they actually deliver that 4K 60 frames a second, they could charge seven hundred dollars for this, and people would buy it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, five hundred dollars is a fair price. I mean, I'm I, I, you're convincing me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we really I, I don't know if there's other benefits. You know, and you know, the Microsoft of today is not like of the one a couple of years ago where they. The one of the Microsoft of the day, as far as Xbox is, is concerned, only talks about the games. But I wonder what other benefits that are inherent to the architecture that we're not seeing that that could be another huge benefit. Of course, they talked about the additional memory and um, how the system is going to run the dashboard better. And I'm wondering, will any apps or anything that come along with it run better as well now that it's on this beefier hardware Uh and I don't really know where that falls exactly. Could it mean be, mean better video on 4K televisions? Um, advantages to the blue, the, the UHDs you can run and things like that. So uh, I'm just really ready for E3 so I can hear the full story. I'm sure they won't talk about those things at E3 though. Probably, they'll probably just talk about the games because again, different Microsoft, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really anxious and can't wait to get the full, full story from our Phil and friends. So. Yeah, I, and honestly, only only one thing can kill this console for me. There's only one one thing that can prevent me from buying it. You know what it is? What's that? I have no idea. If Xbox Anywhere just blows up this year, and most of the games that I want, I can play off my computer <laughs> online with my Xbox friends. Yeah, that would be the that would be the only thing that prevents me from buying a Scorpio. So, balls in your court, Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, cool. And that would be, don't be wrong. I would be happy about that though, because you know that's more money that I could spend on games. So, yeah, and that, and then I could just give my Xbox One to my nephew, or you know, and let him play with me on the other games. So I, I really hope that Xbox Anywhere takes off. Like I feel like. If Microsoft has any hope to beat Sony, it's not the Scorpio. It's Xbox Anywhere, where somebody can say, "Yeah, I can buy this game once and play it on everything." Like you know, so I, I just hope that that blows up. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, an exciting uh, Christmas holiday coming up. So yeah, please make Destiny Two Xbox Anywhere. <laughs> I know you hate Microsoft now, but yeah. that would be great. <laughs> So, man, is there anything else you're working on that you want to talk about before we wrap things up? Uh, well, like I said, I'm working on the video review of the Noctua fan. Um, I shot all of it today. I just got to put it in Premiere and edit it. What? Maybe maybe do some voiceovers. Getting them video chops up. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's been been so long since I've done any video. Yeah. Anything. So. Yeah. And, um, I'll just say that, um, if you're into Doctor Who, um, my other podcast discussing who is going to be covering all of the episodes in uh, excessive detail, uh, starting the first episode air at the night. So we're going to come out episodes every Tuesday, recapping the uh, the previous 
Saturday's episode, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. So if you're into that, uh, check us out at discussingwho.com. So yeah, I don't got anything else. That's I think that's it, man. Yeah, uh, we'll see you guys maybe in a week. Very very quick. Very very quick. Very very quick. Very very quick. I can't I can't beat that. I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Tech Bedition Podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.